You're listening to part two of a conversation between Michael Broom, longtime fan of Pavement, and Tamara Fedrisi, producer of Every Band Ever, already in progress. There's also like rumors that like Kamberg had like songs he wanted to record, but Malcolmus didn't like them, and so he didn't want to put them on the album, and that also led to the breakup. Like, do you remember what those songs were like? Like, why did Malcolmus not want to record Kamberg's songs? Were they just bad lyrics? Was there, you know? Was it controversial topics? Uh, no, it was just a real left turn. It was an oompa band. And that hmm. didn't really, that doesn't jive with what they were doing at, like at all. Yeah. And I think he was worried about being um, laughed at or hired to do oompa music um, yeah. in a smaller venue. Hmm. And they just didn't see eye to eye on that because it, there's not a huge amount of bands that go from indie rock to oompa. Yeah, which I don't even know if that's rock. I don't even know where you categorize that. What kind of music international? Is yeah, I guess polka is umpa polka. What is umpa umpa umpa? I, what exactly is umpa music? I don't think it's polka, but you know, I, I would say internationally, I need to grow a little bit more hmm. with that. So I, I, I just know it as umpa music. You know, the people carry the tuba with them, and then you kind of, you know, you can help them carry it. You can like you know, make sure that they're, they've, they've got their instrument clean. Mm-hmm. Proper uh, support where they hold it. Yeah. Proper support. And then you can, um, you know, you just kind of stand there and you can mark time with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty on beat. Yeah. <laughs> they're a pretty on beat group. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. So I, it's interesting. You mentioned he was an art guard. I, I actually didn't know that, but like the way they infuse art and he has like a lot of lyrics of like architecture in his songs and stuff like that. And so, it's interesting that art's such a focus, you know? And I imagine art inspires so many, like, you know, paintings and stuff like that inspire so many bands. Like, Yeah, well, the Talking Heads had Robert Rauschenberg mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> I guess Metallica, they create their own art. What else? There's a huge amount. Um, G. You know, G. Tom Allen Waits? Yeah. Who, who did J.J. Allen have? I think he just had his own poop art, but I think it's just his own poop art. Again, underrated. Um I do know that they tried to put that in a coffee shop once and that it was not, uh, that wasn't a good placement for it. (laughs) You know, I can see that it was his first showing. And I think the coffee shop didn't realize it was 3d art instead Mm -hmm. of 2d art. And so, you know, uh, coffee shop, you're expecting a certain smell, you know, and maybe that's on the, uh, you know, the consumer is needs to evolve. Yeah, that's true. It's probably the wrong venue for us. Yeah. It's definitely an outside art thing. No, I believe he died, right? Did he die of... I don't know how he died. Is it natural causes? Did something he happen? He did. I feel, um, like, I feel like he would die in a bar fight or something. Did he? No. He, natural causes. Yeah. He, he fell in a sewer. <laughs> really? That's horrible. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess it's fitting, though. I mean, you know, the sewer is for poop. So, in a way, it's cycle of life. That's true. He flushed himself away. Yeah, that's yeah. It's kind of he beautiful. Died like he it's lived. poetic. Yeah, it's yeah. poetic. Wow. Yeah, it's like dying on stage. It is. Only you're in a Except sewer. Except in the sewer. It's very similar to those two things. But yeah, and uh, will they? So this tour is going to wrap up. Like, what's next for payment? Have you talked to the boys or anything? Like, did they plan on releasing another album? Are they going to go on tour again? Are any big projects coming up or? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna do that sprite thing, and then uh, and then the the little Nas X thing is is gonna be a weird, um, you know, country meets indie 
which I don't, which really hadn't happened before. So maybe we're ready for something like that. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for something like that. I can't, you know, but I, I'll do it. Then I have so many other famous lyrics I want to ask you about. Hold on. Let me think of some other lyrics. Do you have favorite lyrics that you remember? I do. It's like, uh, let's remember like debutantes spin like hurricanes in a trance. I think I may be butchering that lyric, but I I always like that lyric or whatever. And I always like, I, I just like the odd lyrics, you know, and the things that don't seem to make sense that are pigeonholed together, you know, and somehow they create something interesting. Yeah. How did you feel about um, Beck's Loser? Oh, I like Beck's Loser. I like that it had, is that Odelay, the album Odelay? Had that sheepdog jumping over that thing on the cover? I think it was before Odelay. Oh, but... oh, was it before Odelay? Oh, yeah, I like Loser. Really I, think, early. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. it was, well, that was a bunch of odd things too, right? Yeah, that was the oddest of odd things. I feel like that is the king of um, just random, just random words, which is where you you produced him too. I did. He was super fun. Super funny. Uh, Likes to stop for tacos, you know. (laughs) And you said he did a lot of random stuff. Did he prepare that, or did he just kind of look around the room and say things? How did he write his songs? Was it? I think both. Sometimes it was like uh, that movie where. It was Kevin Spacey where he's just looking at all the stuff and then saying what happened. He's looking at the wall being like... Oh, Kaiser Soja? Yeah. Yeah, right. It was a little bit like that at first where he'd be like, uh, shop vac, room, yeah. top hat, taco. Shop vac, boom, top, yeah, taco, yeah. 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 Right, and then he puts it to a beat and then he, uh, you know, refracts that through some colored light that you can't even, you don't even know that you're listening yeah. to. And then all of a sudden it's a hit. You put that in a coffin, you got yourself a hit song. It's a genius. It's a genius. And again, it goes back to the producer. So again, hats off to you. Tamara I just like to let them play a little bit, you know? And, yeah. you know, they're just energetic, energetic dudes wearing, um, you know, ironic t-shirts. Yeah. And baggy pants. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> great. That's, yeah. I mean, those are the staples of any good band, I know. Yeah, right. And, you know, I guess the other thing is that they had a sort of a missive at the beginning when I first started working with them, which was uh, they said they wanted to create music that they could ignore ladies to. And I feel like they succeeded with that because that was not, you know, it really, (laughs) their, their early lyrics are sort of like, you know, they don't get away from me, almost get away from me, sort of come here, get away from me, I would say. And they just wanted to repel the ladies? They didn't want them at their concerts and stuff? I think they did, but they didn't actually want to, uh, you know, then they kind of wanted them to go away. They wanted yeah. to come here and then go away. But I feel like that was very much the 90s, was just like, uh, come close, go away. Yeah. It was a little, it was a detached time. It was. That's a, I think you have your finger on the 90s. That's a, a pretty good encapsulation of the 90s. Come here and go away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, very different than like hope and change and mm-hmm. that type of an era with uh, Obama. This yeah. was like, come here. I don't care. Go away. Hey, wait. Fascinating times. Interesting. Is there, uh, and I also like the art on the albums. I know, uh, I think Bright in the Corners is the only album that had lyrics with it. I could be wrong about that, but I think that was the only album cover that had all the lyrics. And why do you think they didn't put their, album, their lyrics on the other albums? Was there a, was there a reason you think, or 
Yeah, the first, the, the one you're talking about, they actually could not remember their lyrics. So they needed mm-hmm. to have the merch on hand so that at the shows they could kind of flip it over and look like they were selling the album. But really they were like, oh yeah, right. Okay. Oh, memorizing their lyrics. Oh, that's smart. That's right, right. Smart. So the rest of the time. Yeah. So the rest yeah. of the time they could, um, they knew them. They kind yeah. of practiced um, mnemonic devices and did flashcards in the, in yeah. the van. Yeah. And um, that proved to work for them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. They seemed like at the concert, they seemed like they knew all their lyrics. Like. I was looking for any mess ups, but they seem like they knew them all. I know. <laughs> I know you love to look at for you love to look for lyric mess ups when you go to shows. So that I doesn't do. surprise me. Yeah, yeah. You're it's a stickler. Like, as far yeah. as an audience member goes, you're a real stickler. Sing it again. You messed up. Go back. Not the right words. <laughs> Not the right words. Know your own song, dummy. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> they were pros. They were pros. I, yeah, I think that's what separates the pros from the amateurs. Uh, you know. And a lot of people are amateurs. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, I also want to see if you have a polar opposite band to Pavement, who would it be? The polar opposite band to Pavement. So they're kind of like sloppy and, and, you know, discordant sound and stuff like that. So I guess you'd do the most like clean cut sound with really simple lyrics. So I know Hanson, maybe. Mm, Hanson. Okay. That's good. And Bop is very simple. I don't know who else would you say like anybody, yeah, any other band that's really clean cut and like kind of has their act together again. Like uh, I know, the Temptations, we go back to the Temptations. Maybe the Temptations are the mm. exact opposite of Pavement. They have a lot more dance moves for sure. <laughs> that's true. Pavement very little dancing. They did very little p- dancing. They threw ping pong balls out to the crowd. That was about it for like the stage theatrics. Not a lot of like pyrotechnics stuff like that, but. I taught them a thing called the garden hose and I feel like they use that. It's just sort of flailing arms. You can yeah. kind of wander. You can kind of flop over yeah. with your, uh, you know, your guitar. So like what are those like uh, used car yes. things exactly. or whatever? Exactly. Right. So yeah. when in doubt, you know, if they got locked up, they could always do the, you know, <laughs> yeah, they could always do the floppy arms up top and yeah. then they could do, you know, the yeah. floppy legs down there. Yeah. They're free to do that. Yeah, it seems to work for them. Like, but yeah, Brighton the Card is a is a great album. What else do I like from that album? Like, uh, I mean, Shady Lane is fantastic. Uh, Shady Lane is great. Shady Lane uh, Stereo is great. Like, I you know, and everybody talks about that. Like that lyric, like, uh, how did his voice get so high? Whatever speaks like an ordinary guy. I know mm-hmm. him, and he does. And you're my fact checking cuz. Like, so I wonder if they actually do know Getty Lee, or if that was just hearsay. I think it was hearsay. And then they actually called him up and he said, yes, this is true. And he's like, do you guys want to go to Chuck E. Cheese? Because I'm about to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And then all of a sudden they had a hangout at Chuck E. Cheese. And yeah. amazingly, they all enjoyed the Jamboree band. Mm. The, yeah, the band's fantastic. You have all the great members there. It, very pavement-esque in a way. Yes. The, house, the bird. I don't know who else is in that band. Chuck E. Cheese, elephant, of course. Is right. there an elephant? I remember an elephant at, at uh, you know. I think there's a bear. Is there a bear? I would believe you. I think there's like a Billy Bob bear. I don't know. The bear may have had some side projects later with a different. <laughs> That's true. With a, a different with a different group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, animals, by the way, I can take or leave as a, you know, as a producer. Sometimes I take them. Sometimes I leave them. Hmm. Um, like. I've, I've talked before about um, Emmett, Otter, Emmett Otter's Jugtown band yes. that I won't I won't work with uh, the Foggy Bottom Nightmare band. 
anymore really? because they're they're pretty unprofessional and they have a snake in our family. Yeah, I'm not going like to. Yeah, I won't do a band with a snake. What about that uh, Morris the Cat? He did that meow mix jingle. It's pretty. It's great. a jingle. I probably didn't do it. If he did it, if if Morris had gotten in touch about an album, I would be all for it. Interesting. I think he got rich off of samples, though. Oh yeah, a lot of people did sample that. A lot of like early rappers sampled that. Like, yeah, the meow beat is hard to yeah. miss. I also let's see from off Bright the Cross, like Embassy Row is a great song. Like Wowie Zowie has fantastic songs. Like Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. Like Cut Your Hair was a big hit for them. Yeah, I like Cut Your Hair a lot. I mean, I feel like that is a <laughs> that's a quintessential. Uh, sad song i wonder and so that wasn't about them cleaning up their appearance you know that didn't come from you right like uh did you want them to have a cleaner look or anything is that no i thought that they i thought they had a pretty good look which was they look like boys <laughs> from they look like kind of snobby boys with the uh large vocabulary that were choosing to withhold it during the first part of their career and then uh were flourishing with using it by yeah. the end so i also think just boy, yeah yeah, and I, I think they also found the fans that were, like, words, more words, big words. So they started out as boys, just doing their boy thing, right? And then they eventually, and did you think they evolved with the men with bigger words, or do you think they still always remained boys? No, I think uh, they evolved into men. Mm-hmm. I think they started out as, like, you know, dudes in California uh, who baked their own bread and... Um, you know, throw rocks at mailboxes and, yeah. you know, go see Slacker yeah. and make films. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And work at the DJ, yeah. work at the DJ booth at college, uh-huh. put in the eight tracks for the promos. Yeah. yeah. Keep it and then I house. think, yeah. right. <laughs> I think by the end, they were like guys who owned homes and mm. were more sophisticated. Yeah. Um, I think the polar opposite to them was probably the Top Gun soundtrack. Or at least Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Kenny Loggins had a lot of hits. He did. Loose, Danger Zone, the Caddyshack song, I'm Alright. I forget what that song is actually called, but... It could hits. be called that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A Dancing Gopher. Classic. Yeah. He's yeah. a different beast. Kenny Loggins is definitely a different beast. Yeah. Do you know who... Uh, actually, you know who the polar opposite is? Is... um. Margaritaville. Jimmy Buffett? Yes. <laughs> Margarita, yeah. Yeah. I actually I actually introduced Stephen Malcolmus to Margaritaville because he'd never run across it. And yeah. I played it in a band rehearsal and they all threw up at one point, but consecutively. <laughs> so it, they they like a Gen X brain can't I think it's scientifically proven that uh, that a Gen X brain cannot uh, absorb what Margaritaville is. Just the laid back rhythms and vibes. Yeah. It just makes no sense to them. Yeah. yeah. Like they don't, it, there's never been a time where that's, they've been that happy and lucky. Happy, yeah. ha- happy go lucky. You know? Yeah, they, they've never wasted away Margaritaville. Yeah. No, like the type of uh, frivolity and um, boomer happiness. <laughs> it's just, how do you even process that? I know it is carefree frivolity, just hanging out, you know, windsurfing, laying on the beach. Right. Yeah. I don't even. How do you deal? How do you? How do you 
take that in. It's like it's like yeah. a weird piece of cheese to yeah. them. Yeah, they didn't like cheeseburgers in paradise either. Did you listen to play that song for them? I didn't. I just I didn't want to go to the hospital. I didn't want to take yeah. them to the hospital. Yeah, I didn't venture forth. But I guess conversely, Jimmy Buffett doesn't understand like purple haze or anything like that. He's just he doesn't understand why you would even make that those notes in that order. Yeah. I mean, I always kind of respected Jimmy Buffett. I like his just like, you know, cheeseburgers in paradise. I like mine with ketchup, lettuce and tomato, maybe ketchup and tomato. But just he's just listing ingredients of what he likes in his hamburger. And he goes, because I'm going to turn that into a song, which I always thought was pretty impressive, you know. like. I'm yeah, a- I guess the, the closest thing that we have to that in modern, in modern discography would be um, the Humpty Dance. Uh, I think he had sex in a Burger King bathroom and that, that, you know, that's how it gets used these days. Not actually, I don't think you can actually list the, I think that's foul play. If you just list the ingredients of a burger like that, I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe burger time is a video yeah. game and it's, you can lay them on top of each other and win points, but I don't think uh, musically, I don't think we'll put up with that. That's know? true. Right. I also, yeah, and, and well, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, it also seemed an odd choice just because, like, he wanted, he's enjoying a hot hamburger while he's in paradise in a hot climate. You know, it doesn't seem like when you're in a hot climate on the beach, you don't really want a hamburger. You want, it seems like you want something more refreshing. But that's yeah, just, it definitely sounds like a retired move, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get up. You don't mind a hot hamburger. You probably like the sun. You're, yeah. you're not going to go anywhere. You don't need to get your mail right away. Why not eat a hot hamburger? That's true. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're hot internally and externally. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They love a good hot hamburger. They love <laughs> warm climates. Yeah. And warm food. That's what people are always saying about them. <laughs> but they, I know also in that song Range Life too, they also mentioned the stone pile. Like they'll just say like stone temple pilots are elegant bachelors. They're foxy to me or they foxy to you. Like, um, Stone Temple Pilots, yeah. So I don't know if they had a beef with the Stone Temple Pilots also, but... I don't know, actually. I don't know if they knew that Stone Temple Pilots, not while I was with them. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they uh, they would play darts with um, the Stone Roses. But that's <laughs> sort of about it. And, you know, they would go bowling, like that bowling alley in Chicago where you can, um, you lift up the... It, it, they just have live people who are... <laughs> Pin setters? <laughs> yes. Pen setters. The pen setters were actually also the roadies for them later on. They just got along, so they took really? them for a ride on the road. Really? Yeah. That's fantastic. That's awesome. I, I had no idea they were so into bowling. That's, that's great. Yeah, it's a huge secret. I don't know why they're embarrassed about it. but they, the Stone they, Roses, yeah. Yeah. They, it's secret bowling. You can't tell anybody you're going, which is weird, because it's just yeah. bowling. It's not like yeah. uh, cocaine <laughs> parties or something. Yeah. You think that, yeah. Wish they would have worked it into their songs. That's interesting. Yeah. Any other? I love. Yeah. What else can I tell you about pavement? They have keyboards. Interesting. <laughs> I can tell you what the collab of the Sprite uh, ad campaign is. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> it's called "Taste the Sadness," and it's I beautiful. feel like, yeah, I think that's right for them. You know. Yeah. Taste the sad. It sounds like a, a little bit of a Skittles taste the rainbow, but they said no, no, a Sprite. We're just going to taste the sadness, which is interesting. Yeah, this is a different time. I feel like that at, at some time we felt like there was a rainbow, but I think right at whatever weird part we are of the pandemic now, it's really like 
you know, taste the sadness and everybody will be like, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And then this little Nas delicious. X will jump in and he'll. Yeah. Then it'll go crazy. You know, like it'll get, it'll get really um, sweaty, sexy and uh, banjo-y. Oh, that's fantastic. And then back to, yeah, the taste and the sadness. That's great. Like, I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait. This is the biggest collaboration, the Sprite and Pavement and Little Nas X. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, sounds like it's a great time. I, I think Sprite has been, you know, courting them both for a long time separately. And then they realized they could get them together. And, yeah. you know, I think it just took one uh, picnic to get them to get Little Nas X and uh, Pavement together. And really then, picnic. yeah, surprising. That's interesting because that's it's a, a fun way to bring people together, you know, like you picnic is kind of nice actually yeah that's kind of how i feel like they're the music industry is doing this now you're either a tiktok star or you're you know giving a a spot at a park where you're going to have a picnic and they kind of mm-hmm. broker the deals now through these picnics usually at sort of the second course so you're already in you're already sitting down you've already you played frisbee yeah right yep you always take the potato salad don't never never not take the potato salad at a, at a picnic meeting that's true. I know. For updates, go to Every Band Ever on Instagram. Michael Broom is currently a senior producer, writer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He has also been a consulting producer on At Home with Amy Sedaris and a writer for The Colbert Report. He is currently working on his four-book kid graphic novel series The Cryptid Club. Book number one Bigfoot Takes the Field is out now. Tamara Fedrisi is still standing, yeah, yeah, yeah. The editor is Will Velasquez. The audio engineer is Clark Jackson. Executive producers are Carl Adams and Tamara Federici. Thanks for listening. See you next week.